Okay, we are excited to be here today to talk about Courageous Girls and what that looks like, what the groups are um, formed around as far as principles and ideas. And we've got a group of moms here today that are excited to share a little bit more about their CG experience with you. We'll use that acronym throughout our discussion. So when you hear us say CG, we're just referring to Courageous Girls and it's a shortcut that we've all learned to take. My name is Amy Eckley and I am a Courageous Girls group leader for two groups. I have two daughters, ages nine and 12, and I've been involved with CG since my oldest daughter was in second grade. So we're in our fifth year and um, currently in my second year with my younger daughter's group. So really excited to be here and I'll be moderating this discussion as we chat with a couple of other moms. I'm gonna let them introduce themselves now and tell you a little bit about their experiences with their own children and then we'll jump into some questions. Hi, my name is Stephanie West and I am part of the Courageous Girls Leadership Team. I am also a Courageous Girls Leader for my oldest daughter's group and I'm a member of a Courageous Girls group for my younger daughters. So my girls are 12 and nine and um, I also have a, a little guy too, who unfortunately wishes he was part of Courageous Girls. <laughs> so, thank you, Steph. Um, my name is Rachel Miser. I have two daughters. Um, one is 14, just turned 14, and one is 11, two Courageous Girls groups. Um, first started about over six years ago with my oldest. She was in third grade. Um, so now I do a group with her and then with my 11-year-old. Thank you, Rachel. We're just going to talk briefly about how Courageous Girls got started. Tara Matson is the founder of Courageous Girls, and about eight, nine years ago, she had a vision to start a group for her oldest daughter at the time and several of their community friends who were also mother-daughter pairs that would allow them to meet regularly and discuss topics ranging in nature from the simple, fun things of raising girls to the more challenging and difficult topics that sometimes moms have a harder time addressing or finding time to discuss with their kiddos. And she put together an intentional group of moms and daughters that met monthly. And at the beginning, it was framed on her experience as a clinical counselor and psychologist and, <clears throat> and raising daughters. And so many of her experiences working with in the clinic were able to help her form um, a roadmap for what she felt the issues most importantly facing our daughters are today. And so she put together a loose framework and developed it over the next couple of years and blogged about it and then started to share it with a few other community members locally who saw what she was doing and wanted to have a similar experience for their daughters. And as other groups started to form, there was a need for curriculum to help other groups feel like they could confidently host meetings and have discussions with their daughters as well, even if they weren't clinical psychologists or teachers themselves. And so uh, that's when I met Tara, and we worked together for about a year and a half collaborating and putting together curriculum. My background is in teaching and curriculum development. And at that point in time, Tara was also beginning to write her first book. And her first book, which is already in its second printing, was called Encourage. And her new book, which was just re-released, is 
very similar. It's essentially um, a similar book with just a new title and graphic design. But um, Courageous is a book just giving moms and, and also women of all ages the confidence to really look into who they are at a deep level and to um, take a look at some of the experiences that shaped them through their lives and then apply that to how perhaps they are parenting or moving forward with relationships in their lives. And so along with the curriculum that was developed and published online and the book, there were now resources available for moms to use to start groups of their own and to launch into this type of uh, intentional gathering with other women and other daughters, which can be intimidating at first, but now with these tools and with the development of a website that is loaded with tools and now coaches who are available to help groups and to help leaders um, answering questions and giving ideas and feedback, there's so many resources now that starting a group um, has become a lot easier than it was when we all started many years ago. And there's just a lot more support. And so part of this discussion is meant to equip you with some of those tools that are available and also to discuss some of the most common questions that we hear. If we were sitting in person with you face to face, which we had originally planned to do, we'd be answering a lot of spontaneous questions from you, the audience. But since we're recording this and, and it's not a live meeting, we're just going to cover the most frequently asked questions. And if you have specific questions at the end or questions that we have not covered, you can always email us at info at mycourageousgirls.com and somebody will get back to you and hopefully be able to provide an answer or a direction for you to move forward in. So with that being said, I'm just going to kick it off by talking a little bit about how Courageous Girls is different from other groups for girls. That's one of the questions that we get asked a lot. <clears throat> how is this different from Girl Scouts or National Charity League or other groups that moms and daughters participate in together? And I would say that there are a couple of key differences. The first being that this group is um, a group that focuses on their spiritual growth together and a group that really looks to God for direction and guidance first and foremost. Tara's background in clinical psychology has given us really practical tools to use in our groups, but those are always secondary to our guidance we get from God and from um, Jesus' example and the Bible. Those are our primary tools and resources. Secondly, these groups are different because when parents commit to these groups, they are committing to these groups for an extended period of time. We've all asked our groups to commit to a minimum of four to five years together, depending on what ages our girls were when we started. But many of these groups plan to continue meeting together with this homogeneous group for the duration of high school. And so that's very unique because other groups tend to morph and change year to year or season to season. And unlike some of these other groups that you can graduate from or you get to a certain level and then you move on to the next level, Courageous Girls really has a continuous um, goal of keeping the same group of moms and daughters connected because that's what provides continuity and depth for the group. Um, I'm going to ask question number two to Steph, and it's a continuation of this previous question. But Steph, could you go into a little more detail for us about why established groups don't add 
new members? Because we get asked that a lot. Yes, that is a great question. Um, so not adding a new mom and daughter duo to an already established group is in no way meant to exclude anyone from participating in Courageous Girls. Um, research has shown that it can take two years to establish a baseline of trust in a group. Um, so when adding a new group member, what happens is the group is their level of trust is brought back down to, to baseline. So rather than adding a, a group member and, and disrupting the the community in place, what is what this is an amazing opportunity to encourage that mama who is interested in joining a group to seek God's wisdom, to pray about the opportunity and, and God's discernment in terms of maybe starting her own group as a leader. Um, maybe she finds another mama that would like to co-lead with her. Um, but just this is an amazing opportunity for her to um, see if God's calling her to lead her, her daughter and her friend group, um, maybe some friends from school, um, in a Courageous Girls group. Yeah, and I love what you said because Tara references that in her book. She has a chapter on knowing who she is in community, and she says, Trust is an essential ingredient for intimacy that can only be built with time, consistency, and ironically, conflict. Most relationships do not arrive at this point until about two years into knowing one another. CG groups are not like other groups. We are deeply intentional, long-term communities of mothers and daughters who fearlessly address every issue that shapes the lives of girls today. And so I think you summed it up really well, just sort of that that is another unique aspect mm -hmm. of these groups, that they really are um, not changing, with the exception, I know we've all had members that have moved away mm -hmm. or for various um, family emergency type situations have had to maybe take a break for a certain season of life. But I think that relationship depth still remains mm -hmm. um, when that happens with the remainder of the group. Absolutely. Super important. So, Steph, I know you get asked this question a lot. How do I go about finding out if there is a CG group forming near me? If there's something in the process that I could just hop into or do I have to go out and start my own group? How do I find that out? Yeah, so again, another great question. And I think um, because um, our environment for our kiddos' activities are ones in which we can sign them up for different activities, again, this is such a different trajectory for our, our um, girls and building a community um, in such a unique and different way with a long-term view. So again, it's the, the answer is if... When I get asked that, I always ask that mama um, to really pray, to really pray about God's leading. Again, is, is she meant to, to lead a group? Is she meant to share about Courageous Girls with some of her community? And maybe another mama's heart is stirred to, in turn, lead. So um, this is, again, amazing opportunity for other moms and daughters to be part of Courageous Girls, but perhaps through her sharing are made aware of this community. Um, so it's, it's not just something you go to our website and sign up for. Um, this is something that is intentionally, um, it's guided by, by God's leading in terms of calling, prompting in a mama's heart to be a leader, um, so, which provides a beautiful framework for the long-term view. So, and I would just add to that that um, it's also not necessarily a group of your best friends. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I know that for my groups, there were people that were put on my heart to invite that I didn't particularly initially think mm-hmm. I knew well enough, or they liked me well enough, or they even really knew who I was, but they were laid on my heart, and I invited them at that prompting, and I thought for sure they would just say no or not even respond, and they mm-hmm. didn't. They said yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was caught off guard initially, and I know that we've had a few group members when we first got started who felt uncomfortable for those reasons because it wasn't their BFFs. And Mm -hmm. that is something that I think culturally is really different in Courageous Girls. Mm -hmm. You're not just with the people you necessarily would choose to be with at every moment of every day. And that also provides an opportunity for those discussions to be richer, to have different perspectives and points of view have those healthy discussions um, but for us that was something that was initially uncomfortable yes. because we often don't choose to commit long term to a group that's not somebody that we know we're going to gel with instantly mm-hmm. and and Amy I think what you alluded to is there's so much beauty and richness that mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. from that the, the different perspectives and and the, Walking with women who you normally um, perhaps are not in your your you know sphere of of initial community, mm-hmm. but to branch out and to expand that community, and then in turn you're able to experience God's fullness through that. So um, yes, I I love that that you shared that. And Rachel, this launches us into our next question. I think that I would love to hear your answer to it's what is the biggest challenge for you as a CG group member and can you give us some examples of of challenges that you've experienced in either of your groups? Um, I'd say one of the biggest challenges uh, for me is definitely scheduling the two groups. Um, So we meet once a month um, and so that then is twice a month. Um, For my older girl it's on a Friday night, for my younger it's Sunday afternoon. And so I think when you decide that you want to commit to this group, you have to consider scheduling and logistics a part of that because our family knows it's important to us. This is a priority for us. And when it's on the calendar, that comes, that comes first and other things have to be scheduled around that Friday night and that Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so I think a challenge is just making sure that all of that continues to happen Mm -hmm. and that priority stays that priority with everything else that's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think another thing would just be in the beginning it was a challenge like you said with the different people they may be your best friends, they might not be and I think just letting your guard down in the initial start of it, knowing that this maybe there's a comfortability and there might not be a comfortability and it maybe feels new and it, it, so I would, I would say that was a challenge in the beginning just to get to that letting my guard down and, mm-hmm. and feeling like God really led us to this place and to trust in that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I remember having a couple of group members a year or even two years in mm-hmm. that finally started to let their guard down and feel yeah. comfortable, but it was a noticeable couple of years yeah. before that really genuinely started to happen in, in each of my groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and logistically, just to speak to that, um, I've had moms um, who've opted not to participate because they have too many kids and they feel like it's not logistical and possible 
to meet three or four times a month with three or four different groups. And I think that's a really valid concern for a lot of moms with multiples. Um, and, and I think that honoring that person's choice and their wisdom to know what is okay for their family and what their limits are is important. Um, and then sometimes they come back around a few years later and realize that for one or two of their kids, these groups are really, really the only way that they get to connect with those mm -hmm. kiddos. Whereas perhaps they're connecting with the oldest in a different way or the youngest in a different way. Um, I have a friend whose middle child fell into that situation and she finally joined a group knowing that she wouldn't have the bandwidth to do it with all of her kids, but her middle child was the one that most needed that one-on-one -on -one time with her dedicated every single month so that it would happen. So I think it's really, it's very much an individual consideration that each family, each mom needs to make really prayerfully and really thoughtfully. Yeah. Yeah. Steph, um, what are some of the challenges as a CG group leader? You've led a group. Um, can you share with us maybe some of the bumps along the road that have come up? Yeah, well, I think we've alluded to this in a couple of previous questions, but um, we're working with humans. We're working with with um, with human beings, and so there is going to be some conflict. And um, I think when people hear conflict, sometimes people think, oh, gosh, that seems really uncomfortable, or I'm afraid, or I don't want to participate in that. And I think what I have learned through Courageous Girls is that conflict is actually a really beautiful thing when we move through it and lean into it in a, in a healthy way. And so I have seen so much growth take place when um, situations have arised and there is a deepening, not not a, a fracturing of relationship, but a deepening of, re of relationship. And, and because we each member is so unique and has such unique wiring, um, it's been really amazing to experience the the growth in and, and the deepening of our group together because of of different situations. So that was, that's one thing that initially I thought was a negative, and actually I, I really view it as a positive. And so, yeah, and Tara talks a lot about that, and yes. in her messaging to Courageous Girls groups as well as in her book, she. She talks a lot about the need for conflict in order to reach those places of true trust and true vulnerability. Um, and I love this quote she writes, whether we always seem to find ourselves in the middle of betrayal and hurtful relationships, or whether we've developed some clever coping strategies to protect ourselves from being hurt by others, we must face our fears and dive deep into the waters of community. And I love the visual of a community girls group being deep waters, because mm -hmm. that's really what we are jumping into mm -hmm. with a yes. courageous girls group. Yes. Awesome. But it feels like you're not jumping alone. Yes. Yes, right? Just jumping off the deck, holding hands. Yeah, picture <laughs> us holding hands, yes. jumping into that water, yes. or you already being in the water, and us jumping yeah. into you. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a great visual. Um, so, on a lighter note, what kinds of things do your groups do outside of monthly meetings? Um, this might be ways that you stay connected when you're not in your monthly gatherings, or things that you do outside of the monthly gatherings to supplement the curriculum and to just connect with the girls and moms on a different level. Rachel, you want to start? Um, sure. We've done various things um, throughout our community. We've come to Northwest um, Children's Outreach a couple times. We've helped soup kitchens. We've done um, different things in our community, and I think it's 
really fun to see the girls and the moms in a different setting um, versus getting together and talking about your topic. It's fun to get out and do something together as a team, mm -hmm. as a group, um, and they all feel really good afterwards, mm -hmm. after um, whatever activity mm -hmm. it's yeah. been. So lots of service. A lot of service. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we've sung at retirement homes. Yeah. We've done, yeah, all kinds of things. A lot of service, yeah. How about you, Seth? Yeah, so I, I think volunteering and serving together is incredibly impactful for the group. Um, I also think um, things, other op opportunities are like a movie night or a game night. Um, I know, you know, having a father-daughter activity, whether it's a barbecue and relay races or something, um, retreats, I know are a vital part of community building. And um, each year, part of your, part of the Courageous Girls community will have the opportunity to do a retreat, whether it's a day retreat or an overnight. Um, but it's it's time that you are able to set aside um, with your daughter and, and with your community. And um, it's, it's a really, really important and valuable time to be able to do that. Um, and one other piece is just mom get-togethers. Mm -hmm. I know we've, we've had a couple um, events where it's just super casual, but we are able to, to just connect as moms. Um, and pour into one another in that way. So, yeah, we've um, we have as a group really enjoyed going to different kiddos' events. We have several kids that are involved with theater, and the group will show up together mm -hmm. on opening night and just cheer that person on. We've had groups show up to sporting events, and this. Most recently, um, we have a group that split. Half the group was just in fifth grade, and the other half was in sixth grade. And since our schools weren't able to hold traditional graduations, the sixth grade moms and daughters got together and secretly planned graduation surprises mm -hmm. for the fifth graders. And so we got to drive around and surprise each fifth grader at her house. And we had balloons and cupcakes and little sixth grade motivational gifts to give them just to help them feel celebrated. And I will tell you that as excited and shocked as those fifth graders were, it was just as joyful for those sixth graders to give mm -hmm. to their friends and their group members in that really special way, in mm -hmm. selfless way. So that was also a really special opportunity that, you know, we just had to take advantage of the situation at mm -hmm. hand, which was limited yes. in what we could do. but. It's fun when you've got a group that loves to encourage and support each other to find those creative ways yes. to do that. When um, I hold our daughter's group, everybody turned 13, we did a special thing for their birthdays, which was oh, really fun. neat mm -hmm. when Peach turned yeah. 13 uh -huh. as a teenager. Yeah. It creates that ritual yeah. rite of passage. And it, it, really it created special. that, and it also created a bond that I think happened again along the way for yeah. the group. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, guys. If you have other ideas or if you're in a Courageous Girls group and you've done some fun things together, we'd love to hear those ideas from you. Feel free to email them to us and post them on our Facebook page. It's always great to get ideas from other groups that are working and to stay connected together in different ways. All right, this next question is um, a big one right now. It's a question that we're really sensitive to and that we want to address um, honestly, but also with a lot of care. And it's how can a CG group potentially help disrupt 
systemic racism in our culture, and especially in light of things that are happening around us right now. Um, and I would say that this question, you know, it's a big one. Um, it's charged right now. We happen to all live in the Pacific Northwest, and so there's a different um, experience that our girls have growing up here than perhaps I had growing up in the South, where I spent most of my life um, prior to moving to Oregon. And so depending on where you live and where your group is established and rooted, that's going to look different for your girls as far as what they've experienced, what they've witnessed, what they've participated in or been a part of. Um, and so it's important, I think, that every group be mindful of what experiences your kids have had or are having and also what experiences you've had personally that you can share within your group and that you can discuss with your kids. Um, and I think every mom knows her child the best. So in CG, in our group, we always sort of defer to each mom as far as heavier topics and saying, hey, you know your kiddo. Um, we want you to address this with them before we meet as a group mm -hmm. and start the discussion one-on-one. -on -one. And then when we meet as a group, we can maybe dive a little deeper together. But um, Steph, how, what else would you add to this? This is a really important question. Yes, this is extremely, extremely uh, valuable um, time for us to be able to discuss this. I think um, what I would first offer is um, Joy Haley, she is a CG mama, she's a recording artist, and she's a Courageous Girls co-laborer. She shared in a recent article for our Courageous Girls community, and I wanted to just quote her um, to begin this, this dialogue. She shares, to be honest, I don't know when the best time to tell your children about racism is. Is there ever a good time to talk to your children about the hate in this world? It's hard, but it's necessary. Our children need to know how to love others as Christ has commanded all of us to do. Our children need to be given the opportunity to live in the fullness of Christ, to repent of sin, to love God, and love others. Our aim as a body of Christ is to build one another up and not tear one another down. And in the process, we defend and stand up for those who have faced injustice. To talk to your children about racism is to talk to them about standing up for those who experience it. Encourage your children to boldly defend and speak out against racism when they witness a friend or peer being discriminated against due to the color of their skin. And so what I take from Joy's words is just acknowledging the existence of racism and then beginning to have conversations and dialogues with our daughters about racism. There is never a good time, as Joy alludes to, but it is never too early or too late or too soon to have this dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so helpful. Um, there's also a, a part of Tara's book where she says, as humans, we must mourn, we must grieve. We must learn to accept what we think is a waste and allow it to mix into the good so that it can become part of our soul's nourishment. Grieving is a skill most of us do not possess until we are forced to practice it. And even then, we often want to minimize our feelings and push them away or mask them. And she gives us a gentle reminder that hard hearts often equal or come from soft faith. I think that's a, such a powerful descriptor. Um, and so she encourages that through softening our hearts, mm -hmm. though it doesn't release or necessarily diminish grief, it deepens our faith. Mm -hmm. And she says the true equation is that soft hearts equal stronger 
faith. And so as we dig deeper into the truths that we are trying to help our girls know and learn from the examples that we have of Jesus in the Bible, then as our faith grows stronger and our hearts soften, perhaps we are just more um, appreciative and aware and receptive Mm -hmm. to not only our own grief, but the grief around us. And I think that's a big part of what we're seeing today is worldwide grief Mm -hmm. for so many different reasons. Mm -hmm. And as much as we want to protect and shelter our kids from that, excuse me, it's so important to actually enter into that with them, holding their hand Mm -hmm. and teaching them how to sit alongside grief because we can do that as they are younger. We know their lives are going to have grief. We know our children's lives are going to come with challenges and tragedies. So teaching them now when we're able to be beside them that grief is unavoidable Mm -hmm. and that we all experience it in a myriad of ways and that it's uncomfortable feeling, but it's okay to feel that and to lean into that feeling of discomfort instead of running away from it Mm -hmm. or covering it with something else. Mm -hmm. I think that can be a powerful tool to give our kids. Yes. Yes. So just to build off of those words that you have shared, um, just one other piece that I would offer is just, so we've heard about acknowledging and dialoguing and grieving and lamenting. And I think also having a posture of learning right now is so important. And, um, I know that in our Crazy Girls curriculum, in year five, there is um, a whole uh, month um, that out the, the curriculum topic is um, one that is on racism and privilege. And so that is a, a resource. I, on our Courageous Girls website, there are several books. Um, if you would like to um, equip yourself with additional knowledge, mm-hmm. um, Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison is um, a very powerful book. It's about empowering Christians to move toward racial healing and racial reconciliation. She also has a community online for Be the Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that um, those pieces, again, can help equip us as moms and in turn then help us equip our daughters too and, and, and elevate our our ability to, as you alluded to, Amy, of, of just softening our hearts, growing in our faith, and then equipping us with additional knowledge. So, um, <clears throat> okay, Rachel. Uh, before we wrap up, I would love to hear some of the biggest takeaways, <clears throat> or perhaps an aha moment that you've watched one of your daughters have through her CG time. But is there something that stands out to you as a parent that you want to share with us, as far as maybe some of that gold that comes from? Being a part of a group. I think one of my aha moments was um, understanding and learning my both of my daughters see the eyes. For me as a mom, that was incredible. One, it gave me a way to understand them that I didn't realize was a way I could understand them. And I also thought that we were so different, especially my older daughter and I, and we aren't. We were very similar. And so that also was, I think, why the conflicts we would have um, would come to head 
and we've learned ways to communicate with each other through our CBIs, through Courageous Girls, through being in this investment group for so long. We've just learned so much about each other, about our faith, about God, about who he's made us to be. Mm -hmm. um, tons of ahas. It's hard to narrow it down to just one, but if I was to pick one, that learning that tool about both my girls, about how they're wired, was mm -hmm. definitely um, mm -hmm. an aha for me. Yes. Yeah. So cool. How about yeah. you, Seth? Yeah, and I was just going to clarify, too. Um, if you heard the acronym CBI, oh, yes. it's, um, it stands for Core Value Index, okay. and it's an assessment tool that you can um, take um, on the Living um, Wholehearted um, website, and it is, gives you a framework to understand your, your heart wiring. Um, and it's extremely powerful to understand not only your wiring, but also, mm -hmm. as Rachel shared, your daughter's. Mm -hmm. um, I would say for, for me, I have really valued um, my daughters and I being able to talk about really hard topics or topics that may seem uncomfortable. And they are, are desiring to have these conversations all the time. <laughs> and it's kind of it's, it's amazing, but it's also, um, I think because they have been given um, just this incredible confidence through Courageous Girls of, I this is normal. It's normal to talk about puberty. It's normal to talk about um, body image. It's normal to talk about anxiety. I don't have to feel that this, these are shameful topics or that I have to hide behind these topics, but there's, there's a confidence and courage to, to openly talk about them and a desire to continue learning. Um, I also really value that they have language to describe their feelings and emotions. And so it's not only the, the words of I feel this, but it's also attuning to where they're feeling this emotion, which I wish I would have had. <laughs> I'm like, you're, it's amazing. I, I, as a 42-year-old, I'm still learning this art, and yet I have a nine and 12-year-old who can say, mom, I'm feeling this, and this is where I'm feeling it. Amazing, simply amazing, and this will be a lifelong skill that they will carry with them, so. Yeah, and just to add on to that, I would just say, so much I've learned as a mom being in this group. I've also it's taught me how to be a better friend, mm -hmm. a better wife, mm -hmm. a better daughter. Just so many other levels of me, and just so I think that's pretty yes. neat. I think as a mom too, my girls have had so many aha moments. But as a mom, um, we know how important it is for our girls to have our attention and to have quality time with us. I think as moms, we know that, but in our culture that is so fast-paced and busy and scheduled and pulling and dividing families in different directions, the gift of being able to give them an undivided two hours of my time, I mean, it seems like so little when I think about it, two hours a month, <laughs> not much, but it's undivided. It is face-to-face, soul-to-soul, heart-to-heart. We have the drive to whomever's house we're meeting at and the drive home, and it's like they can't get enough. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times, especially my oldest, who is independent and functions beautifully without much help from adults. You know, she, she would like to just move out and live in her own apartment and do life right now at age 12. But, so I forget how much she actually needs and wants to be with me and then she will vocalize it after a meeting or at a retreat and she'll just practically be in tears and say I can't believe 
you're spending this much time with me. I am so thankful that you are giving me so much of this, you know, attention and time and and it's something that I wouldn't even expect she would want or desire. I feel like I desire more. And they just constantly remind me through their words, through their actions, through the the softening of temperament when we do get together in our CG groups that they need this so much. And it fills a bucket in our girls that I think all too often we hope is filled, but we don't know. Yes. And these monthly check-ins that are so intentional and consistent provide that assurance of like, all right, like the I know that bucket is at least a little bit more full than it was prior to this and than it would be without these meetings. And so that's been just a really powerful reminder for, you know, a busy mama that those two hours are are such a huge gift to our kids. Well, I can't think of another setting where you get that time with your daughter. I feel like youth groups are for the kids. Yeah. Other organizations have been mostly for the kids. There's not an opportunity to be with your daughter, so I think it's a true gift mm-hmm. to get to, you know, have a group that's for you and your daughter yes. together. Exactly. I feel like we could talk for 10 more hours. <laughs> I know that there's so many other CG moms out there who have wisdom and stories and aha moments of their own and my heart deeply wishes we were sitting in a full room together sharing those in person and getting to hear your hearts um, but we just hope that this opportunity to um, answer some of these questions and to share the few stories that we're able to share uh, will resonate with you would spark hope and perhaps even um, courage in you to either dig deeper with your daughter in your CG group or to take that plunge and to jump into the deep water together with some of your community and to start a CG group or to find a partner to start one with. Um, You know, Tara always talks about going in pairs and doing things in a a duo or a pair because we are stronger together and it is the way that God designed us to be is in community just as he was. Um, And so we just leave you with um, encouragement, a reminder that the website, www.mycourageousgirls.com, is a rich resource full of all sorts of links to reading and to um, uh, just insight from Tara. There's some testimonials on there. There is a, a way to register and access the CG curriculum if you aren't registered and aren't accessing it. And again, that curriculum is available online to download. Um, and it's free. And that was a huge part when we wrote this curriculum that we really, really valued and wanted to uh, protect was that this is a resource that anyone can access for free. Um, there's no cost to it to prevent anybody from accessing it and getting started. So um, if you have questions, if you want to shoot us a specific email, please do so. Again, that email address is info at mycourageousgirls.com. We've got coaches that are willing to come out and work with you or to do a virtual conference at this point and <laughs> to give you encouragement or to help you work through logistical issues that you may be having that are experienced CG leaders. And um, 
And we just thank you guys for taking the time to join us today. And we will prayerfully uh, end today and just ask God, um, would you just plant whatever seed in each of the hearts that are listening to this at this moment, that whatever spark they needed to hear today or that you desire for them to um, meditate on a little bit longer would have been planted. And God, we just pray over the protection of every single woman out there, of her and her family and her daughter. We pray for wisdom, deep wisdom right now and in our communities, Lord, for ways to invest in our families, to invest in our children, and really, God, to um, operate in alignment with you and your will as we take each day one at a time right now. Lord, we just... um, we thank you for the visionaries like Tara and many of the leaders who have put all of this together and the many other speakers who are sharing during this gathering and who are going to be hopefully empowering and inspiring women. God, we, um, we desire to just be a voice um, for your peace. Amen.